Okay, guys, so I've got to be honest. If you had told preteen Blake when I was sitting watching Josie and the Pussycats for the 20th time that I would eventually be sitting down to talk with none other than Melody Valentine herself, I probably would have called you a dirty liar. <laughs> with other iconic roles such as Vicky in the American Pie films, Bunny Lebowski in The Big Lebowski, plus parts in Urban Legend, Van Wilder, My Boss's Daughter, and of course, the instant cult classic Sharknado. You know that I'm talking about none other than the legendary Miss Tara Reed. Hi, Tara. Hello, my love. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I'm even better now that I'm talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. So like I said, I am such a fan of yours. Uh, you've been a successful working actor for three decades now, and I've been one of your biggest fans for all three of those decades. So obviously, we've got a ton of ground to cover in terms of your career. But first, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about you and how you initially got into acting and eventually landed your first major movie role in The Big Lebowski. So um, I'm from New Jersey. I don't know if you know that. And um, I was in the mall with my brother, my older brother, and uh, my mom. And we were in the food court, and I was about six years old. And uh, my mom was getting us pizza. And, of course, me and my brother were being, like, you know, teasing around each other on the table, like, being bad kids, like, having fun. And then this lady who was sitting next to us, she turned out to be a talent agent for children in New York City. And she happened to be visiting her daughter in New Jersey. Wow. So she was just watching me and my brother play around. And my mom sits down and she's like, oh, my God, your daughter definitely should be in movies and television shows and commercials. And we had nothing. It's not like we tried to get the business. We had nothing to do with it. And then she said, well, there's this movie right now. It's a Stephen King movie called Return of Sounds Lot. And they can't find the girl. My mom's like, I don't know. She doesn't know how to act yet. <laughs> like. I don't think we're going to do it. And then um, she went home and she asked me about it and asked my dad about it. And he's like, well, she wants to try it. Let's try it. And I remember like watching like E.T. with uh, Drew Barrymore. And I thought, I definitely want to do something like that. Not realizing what it was. So we go in for the callback, not callback, the first edition. And um, it was um, with Larry Cohen. So I go in, I remembers my lines the night before. And uh, so I have the edition and he comes right back out. He says, uh, you know, Miss Reed? And my mom goes, yes. And she goes, your daughter got the part. It was oh such gosh. a big part for no one that's ever acted before. And that's really where it all began. Wow. And after that, like I did TV shows called Child's Play, a bunch of commercials. And then I took like, school off and then... um. Then we went to L.A. And then from L.A., I started off small. We did uh, Saved by the Bell and a couple little shows here and there. Then I did Days of Our Lives. And then just a bunch of, you know, like daytime stuff. And then uh, California Dreams. And oh, then I, I got that to show. <laughs> Me too. And then I got this audition for uh, The Big Lebowski. And I had no idea at the time who the Cohen brothers were, how popular they were. I had no clue. So we went in and I I remember thinking to myself, okay, I see Charlize Theron, Liv Tyler, and I'm in the waiting room with them. Wow. And I thought to myself, there's no way 
I'm going to get this part. <laughs> I mean, like, so I go in and so nervous. I had a audition for that famous scene and totally like didn't even really know what I was doing because I didn't realize the power of the Coens. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I did the show. We didn't hear back from them for like three or four days. And then all of a sudden they call my manager like, uh, Tara got the part. And we were like, oh, yeah, this is so exciting. But we it's didn't huge. realize how big, like what it meant yeah. to have a part like that. And then I got the role. And from there, if it wasn't for them, I would have never got American Pie, Cruel Intentions, Urban Legend. Right. Um, well, everything, you know, everything came back to Van Wilder, Mark Boy 2, Mark Boy 3. You know, it just kept going Van Wilder, just yeah. the cats. So I got it and it changed my whole life. You know, the Coen Brothers. Incredible. If I never would have got that role, I would have never got everything else. So yeah. I bowed down to them. Yeah. And well, and, and it like, it and to start off too in not only a, a movie that is just so iconic, timeless, you know, cult classic, but your role in it is also so iconic too. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, a huge role, but it's so impactful. And that's also how I think of you too in Cruel Intentions, which is like one of my favorite movies. And you're only in that first scene, but it like sets up the entire film. And that that scene of you in Cruel Intentions on the phone crying to your mom, like, I mean, you maybe had two minutes, but like you just, I remember just thinking, oh my God, she's a star. Like it was just so incredible. And it definitely speaks to your talent, you know? And so then after these roles, you get American Pie, which was released in 1999. Um, do you remember the first time you read the script for that? And if so, well, what the hell was going through your head? <laughs> so I did, I did um, Cruel Intention, American Pie. So Big Lebowski, American Pie. And then I went to Toronto to do the big, uh, to do Urban Legend. Okay. And then I ha- they had a, let me go for the weekend to go audition for urban legend and i did urban legend i mean i got the part for urban legend and that was huge for me and then everyone thinks it was american pie first but it wasn't okay. and then all of a sudden i get still on the set for now the other film and they call me back and they're like well you have a another role called um no, it was first, got to get confused. It was first Josie and the Pussycats because um, I got a three-picture deal at Universal. Oh, wow. So, That's amazing. Yeah, I was thinking when American Pie, Josie and the Pussycats, and American Pie 2. So um, after that, like we were kind of on a roll. And uh, it was amazing. Like I was getting all these like like huge movies but didn't realize, again, how big they were because you know I was still a girl from Jersey that didn't really get the whole process of of how big these masses like how they really like conformed your whole career and energy and I yeah. think that's what helped me out a lot is that I didn't put so much pressure on it and then as I started getting you know more and more famous I realized that wow like you're doing like really big stuff now, yeah. you know. What I mean? Yeah, without yeah. knowing, you know, without knowing. And then we did, of course, the Van Wilder and all the other right. films. 
films we did. Yeah. And um, it was just, it happened so fast and so great. And it totally was 90s films. But at that time, we were 90s. So we didn't realize right. how popular the 90s would be. And come exactly. Back yeah. It, it all became such a phenomenon. And there's not a day I would take back. And I really appreciate everyone that hired me and, and supported me through that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think you you kind of touched on it. Like no one knew that the 90s was going to become such a, a referential time and that we were going to be so nostalgic for it, you know, here in the 2010s and 2020s. Um, and I also have to assume that some of these films, you you know, you, you never know whether it's going to strike gold or not. So like American Pie, for example, I want to know, do you remember the first time you read that script? And like, did you think, I mean, first of all, were you nervous to do something with such adult content? I mean, a guy fucks a pie for crying out loud. And, and did you think it was going to become the successful film that it did? Well, originally it was called like how to make a movie under $12 million. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous <laughs> that could be work for Universal. So everyone's like, what is this? And so many actors passed on it because they didn't, they thought it was too rough and too yeah. like, you know, it, it was just too much at that time. Mm -hmm. Now you have so many other movies that came out like that, but we were right. the first ones at that young age that had it. So, so many people are like, no, 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 no. And then I read it and I thought it was funny. You yeah. know, because you can't take it seriously. It's high school. Like, everyone's learning about high school and everything. So when we got that film, it was exciting. And everyone that was that did that film as well were excited. So it was never, like, a, a point where, like, what are we doing? This is crazy. He's doing the pot and this and that. <laughs> we just thought it was funny. And yeah. everyone got along so well in that script. And we had great directors and great producers. And, again, it was universal. And um, while we were doing it, we didn't know if we were making the worst idea or the best idea, but we went with it and we had yeah. such good success with it. And American Pie became such a phenomenon for not just the actors, but like for the world to see. Yeah. I remember we went to, um, uh, and it wasn't the Cannes Festival. It was another one in Cochevel Film Festival. And there was all of us there. Not just American Pie, you had like Keith Ledger, Paul Walker, like all these people at the time were there. And um, we were all doing the red carpets, not with the same movies, but the same thing. And I remember thinking, wow, this is crazier than I think, you know, and, and the the spotlight on the red carpets were so big. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. And I thought, wow, this is pretty incredible, meeting all these incredible actors. And we had so much fun. And I remember being in the theaters with all these French, like all the French kids, and it had subtitles on it. And I thought, they're not going to get it at first. And they laughed so hard. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I think we got something here. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like you said, it was not only life-changing for the actors it wasn't just impactful for viewers it really kind of redefined or reamplified the genre of the teen flick like the teen movie you know you guys kind of recreated that in a way and and brought it back to the forefront and then I mean how many other teen movies came after that in the next decade you know 
I think it did, but I think that we, where we got the the idea this one was like Breakfast Club, and mm -hmm. you know, and and this one was different because yeah, one of the things I loved about this movie was like there was no bullying, there was no being mean to each other. It was all about innocence. Well, today you have other movies like Mean Girls or this that, that right. are mean to people, but American Pie was all about the innocence, try to figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah. And I think that really had a role in it where every single character felt like they were that character. So everyone, yeah. everyone related to certain characters in that film and it did pay off and it was completely cast right. We all became like, you know, great friends. And uh, I mean, I really think the casting was great. Yeah. And, we all to this day you never really forget who you start off with and I think that's um, one of the greatest things that we had with each other and there's you know when you really start off with a a, a bond with the first movies you really start off with and I definitely had that with American Pie but I would say the most uh, I ever had fun with was uh, Josie and the Pussycats yeah, yeah, I gotta know about that. I mean, so iconic. Uh, when you stepped into that role, had you already been a fan of the comics and the cartoons? And did you know what an iconic role you were, you know, becoming the face of? I don't think any of us did. We knew about it, but I don't think anyone is really into Josie and the Pussycats. Like, we should have been in at that time. Yeah. But, you know, Rachel, like Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, were such amazing friends to me and we really had it was the first time it was like a girl band yeah and we had to learn like all the drums we had to learn the guitar you know it was there i had to learn the bass i had to learn you know the drums and it was like being on like camp with a bunch of girls who liked each other no one yeah. was jealous no one was anything and we love that movie i think all of us it's one of our favorite movies we've ever done it's so good. It's so funny. And like, talk about still holding up, like the whole, you know, concept of uh, like fan culture and like consuming content and media and all of that, which the whole plot of, of it is it about. I mean, that it couldn't be more relevant than today. Um, and something that I think is so interesting about, you know, movies like Josie and the Pussycats and these reboots and remakes from that time period is that you guys really leaned into the comedy and it was very meta, which at the time, I don't even think there was a word for meta. Like it was so self-referential. And now the reboots, like, like Riverdale, for example, which is another Archie reboot, but they went like drama. And I feel like the fact that you guys really leaned into the comedy of it and like kind of making fun of it, but in like a really light way is why it's lasted for so long. I, I agree with you so much. And I also agree with everything you're saying because you're talking about my favorite movie I ever did. And people say, what's your favorite movie, Tara? Like done over a hundred films now. And it has to always back to Josie and the Pussycats. It was just, it was just such a special time for all of us, and we were all at such an innocent age at the same time. And it was like being at girls' camp, and we had yeah. a, like rock stars, and I mean, we thought we were rock stars at the time. It was well, I mean, the, you guys were that album slaps like it is so good. Yes. I can still put it on now and like cruise yes. down the street like bopping. It is so good.
So good. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, speaking, uh, like, like speaking of hilarity and camp, because when I think of, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, not just like a girl's summer camp, but also like the campiness of the movie. We've got to talk about Sharknado because let's talk about camp. Uh, <laughs> so that's another project. I'm very curious to know what were your initial thoughts when you got the script for Sharknado? And did you think it was going to become a cult classic? I never thought that. I was living in London at the time. And my agents were like, Tara, you have this offer for this movie called Sharknado. No, not Sharknado, called Dark like dark sky guys yeah, dark skies they made it like 20 times different it was like dark gray skies dark skies like thunder in the skies like everything and then i'm like those are okay titles enough to put in your imdb but then we're like four days into the movie and all of a sudden it was like you know sharknado and I remember me and I go no way we can't put this on our resume we're gonna look ridiculous we're never right. <laughs> and that, and then we thought, oh gosh! And then turned out to be Sharknado was one of the biggest blessings in disguise. Yeah, yeah. I think when you really lean into the camp, like people love it. People love when someone can kind of laugh at themselves. It almost makes us take them more seriously, you know. Um, so I, I think it was really, really surprising, but like at the same time, kind of makes sense. You know what it was? I think that everyone was kind of. It was like pre-COVID, almost COVID, and so many people were kind of getting down and depressed. And like the one thing you had about Sharknado, it was such a fun movie, which was everyone that could have like their friends, their families, their nieces and nephews, like it became a family, you know, movie. And to be a part of that was awesome. Like I had tiny little fans that were like six years old they came up to me like oh oh like you know april april and i thought i never had a fan base (laughs) like that then so i think it really took us to another level of having younger children you know that that took us they realized we weren't just our age like how we are like it was just little kids and they really enjoyed it and, you know, for once I got to play a superhero, I could fly and fake arms, fake ribs, fake hearts. Like, it was just really cool to play. That's awesome. And another, you know, film that spawned multiple sequels uh, became a whole franchise. And that really speaks to the fan reception because, you know, if they're pumping them out like that, people want to watch them. So that's that definitely, again, speaks to your performance and it speaks to the like how much that genre was needed and wanted by an audience, you know, even if people thought it wasn't. I so agree with you because I think at the time there were so many serious movies and like either too hard to this or that. And this was one movie that stuck out from the rest of, of you could sit down, they had Sharknado parties. You could sit down with your parents and your grandparents and kids because it wasn't like they're like rubber sharks. Right. Everything was fake. Everything yeah. was, you know, so kids weren't scared of it. And we really had a great time making that film. So as much as people would say, oh, Sharknado is not the, like, it's not such a real movie. It wasn't supposed to be. It was a movie to, to make you feel like you had fun. 
And that's, yeah. I feel like we did our job on that one. Well, you know what? That's kind of how I feel about Josie and the Pussycats too. You know, I think at the time, a lot of those movies, I also think of like the, the Brady Bunch movie because they were so campy, people didn't really get the humor and, and they thought they were trying to be serious. But now looking at it from a different lens, you're like, oh my God, this is the funniest shit I've ever watched in my life. Like truly. I think that Josie and the Pussycats was ahead of its time. 100%. Like if we were younger and we did it now, it would have been huge. But like, yes. Arnie's a new black, you know, Adidas is new Pumpa. Like, like you know, right. like it, it was just so much that was there that people didn't get it right. Now they would get it. But I'm telling you, we put our hearts and our souls in that movie. We love it. It shows. Well, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen Josie and the Pussycats in a while, go back and watch it right now because it is like the funniest movie ever. Um, so Tara, I know that you have to go soon, but I really quickly just wanted to ask you one kind of wrap up question. Um, I know in the mid 2000s that you actually had your own reality show called Terra Dice. So I was just wondering what that experience was like and if you would ever consider doing reality TV again. Um, Terra Dice to me was a great show that we had. It was like, I was Willy Wonka showing you the chocolate factory. Yeah. So I felt like I bought like all the fans of people that never seen Italy or France or you know, all these places. And I got to show them what it's like. So it was a great show for me, but it was absolutely exhausting. Because we never had, you know, a break. Um, I never regret it, but uh, definitely I'm not going back to it. <laughs> so you, you wouldn't consider becoming a real housewife anytime soon? And I'm not even married, so there's no reason for me to go around. <laughs> there's a lot of single there's a lot of single housewives, but you know, I mean the fans would love to see it. There's always kind of rumblings of like who might be joining those shows. And I don't know, every once in a while I'll throw out your name and I, I don't know. I'm just thinking it could stick. No, I think we have we have a lot of month, like movies going right now, TV shows, we're producing, we have clothing lines, we have all kinds of stuff. So let's see how that sticks first. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Tara, thank you so much for being here with me today. This was an absolute pleasure and honestly like a bucket list moment. So I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and maybe hopefully we can do it again in the future. Absolutely. I would love to. You're so All fun. right. Oh, thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. And good luck on the baby. Oh, thank you so much. From Tara Reads Lips to God's Ears. <laughs> You're so welcome. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Happy holidays. You too, though. Take care. Bye. Bye.